What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Out with the old, in with the new. That has definitely been a theme lately, with the start of a new year, a new president here in the U.S., and so much more. I don't know about you, but I have had urges to organize my life better amidst it all. When friends asked me about my word of the year earlier this month, a term basically to set the tone for my intentions for 2021, I landed on streamline. I had it in my mind mostly for my work life, but I have also found myself exploring it in more personal ways. I donated a bunch of clothes that are ratty or I never wear. I ordered a couple of replacements, thanks to my good friend Rain, and I almost organized my kitchen cupboards. Yeah, emphasis on almost. Getting rid of habits that no longer serve us is important too which is exactly what we are going to focus on today with seven sex habits to leave behind as we move forward. It might seem a tad negative to focus on the don'ts in the bedroom, but heck, we are humans and human nature is such that it's easy to focus on the negative. Risky business stands out. It's a protective survival thing. I can promise you positivity in these suggestions, though, too. After all, it is not just out with the old, but in with the new. As a side note, if you hear a lot of yourself in these not-so-great habits, please go easy on yourself. I think most of us have done some, if not all of these. I know I have. It's not our fault we didn't know better. Okay, number one, using saliva as lube. I get it. Saliva is natural. Your body makes it. And let's face it, it's handy. But it's not a good choice as a lubricant during sex. Saliva dries up pretty fast, and it lacks the smooth slickness of commercial lubes and the lubricant our bodies naturally create specifically for sex. Using spit as lube can also lead to uncomfortable friction and irritation in some of our body's most delicate and pleasure-centric parts. That's partly because saliva contains enzymes that help your body digest food. If those enzymes enter a vagina, it can upset bacterial balance and lead to a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis, both of which are not fun. Using saliva in this way can also lead to STI transmission. A study published in the journal Sexually Transmitted Infections showed that close to half of rectal gonorrhea cases could be eliminated if folks stopped using saliva as lube during anal sex. Number two, shaming yourself for how often or seldom you have sex. There is no normal or best amount of times to engage in sex, solo or with a partner. 
As I shared in my Girl Boner book, no two people will have the exact same libido consistently any more than two people crave food in equal amounts at the same times. Especially now, during a global pandemic, please go easy on yourself. Some folks are desiring sex more lately as a form of stress relief or because they have more time with a partner. Others are having less sex, which is probably more common for the same reasons, because of stress, maybe anxiety, low moods, exhaustion. Either way, and no matter where your interest level lies, sexual frequency does not determine sexiness or your self-worth or the quality of your relationship. If you would like to desire sex more often, there are many ways to work toward that. Just make sure that you're setting goals based on sincere interest versus society's or anyone else's shoulds. No matter what messages you pick up about how often you quote unquote should have sex, there is no should, I promise. Number three, hiding pain or discomfort during sex. I'm sure we have virtually all done this at some point. Things are hot and heavy and something feels not so great or even painful. And yet, we attempt to grin and bear it. We fear making our partner feel bad, or maybe we just don't want to seem less sexually cool or, God forbid, problematic. If you are not into something for any reason during sex, and definitely if you are in intense pain or discomfort, stop everything. There is absolutely no reason to continue an activity, especially one aimed at pleasure and connection, if it is hurting you. Good partners don't want that either. And you can stop things in gentle ways if that helps and you have the wherewithal in the moment. You could say, hey, can we just pause for a second? That's it. That easy. From there, If you don't yet feel ready to speak openly about your reasons, take a bathroom break. Give yourself time to breathe and gather your thoughts so you'll know how to best proceed from there. Number four, keeping your wishes or desires with a partner secret. Obviously, we don't need to articulate every sexual desire we have to anyone. Your fantasies are your own to enjoy as you see fit. If you have a wish or desire that you really want to delve into with a partner though, something that's realistic and might be fun for you both, don't keep that locked up inside your head. I've heard from many people who really want to try pegging or a couple sex toy or a threesome or BDSM or fill in the blank, but they feel too nervous to bring it up. Some butterflies are totally normal, especially around something new, but I would hate to see you miss out on an incredible experience because of them. Here are a couple of simple ways to broach the subject using rope play as an example. Over dinner sometime, you could say, hey, I read this really sexy story where this couple used rope during sex. Is that something you would ever want to try? Or this, I heard this podcast about rope play. Would you like to hear it? 
I thought it might be fun to try sometime, even if we ended up not liking it. And of course, make sure you really have read or heard about it somewhere so you can share that resource. Staying honest and genuine is super important. You could also try using a yes, no, maybe list to bring up your wants. You basically go down this list. It has columns for yes, no, and maybe. And on the side, there's a list of activities. And you basically go down and you mark the ones you definitely want to try with a yes, those you aren't interested in as no, and those you might be interested in at some point as maybe. These lists are such an awesome tool for talking about sex and learning about mutual interests and anything that might be off the table right now. They might even make a fun valentine to give to a partner. Number five. Ignoring your sexuality because you are not partnered. Our sexuality does not vanish when we're not in a relationship or don't have access to partnered sex. If you enjoy sex when you can, attempting to put your sexuality on a shelf when you're single is likely to cause more harm than good. Remember, our sexuality goes far beyond particular sex acts And there are so many ways to delight in that aspect of our lives. You could read or write erotica, watch spicy films, have some fun solo play, try a new toy, take a sensual bath. Really aim to engage your senses in something pleasurable and intimate, if even for a few minutes every day. If you feel stuck in this area, consider journaling about your sexuality. For some inspiration and products to help you better embrace pleasure as a potent means of self-care, head to thepleasurechest.com. I am loving their sexy self-care collection, which features some awesome clit and G-spot toys from Laura DiCarlo. That's the sex toy company you might remember from my interview with the founder and marketing director a couple of years ago. They won and then lost and then won a robotics award after being told they were breaking contest rules for, well, you can guess, it's quite a story. Numerous folks have asked me about that toy, the Ose, that we talked about. It makes this come-hither motion typically needed for G-spot orgasms. It wasn't yet available when we had our conversation. Well, now you can get the newest version, the Ose 2, at the Pleasure Chest. The Sexy Self-Care Collection also features pleasure chest massage candles, which are so fun. You literally use the wax as like massage oil to rub into your skin or into a partner's skin, and a CBD intimacy set by Foria and more. So check it out. If you'd like to get a yes, no, maybe list from me, one that you can fill out, share with a partner, along with a bunch of other fun show extras, please join the Girl Boner Radio community on Patreon. You can learn about the different tiers and rewards at patreon.com forward slash girlboner or click the link down in the show notes. I would love to have you join us. Okay, back to those not-so-sexy habits. I asked Dr. Megan Fleming to share a couple of habits she would like us all to say bye-bye to as well. 
Both of hers center on common challenges that she has helped so many people work through in her 15 years plus as a sex therapist. Sexual desire and keeping that sexy pilot light on. August, I am so glad to be weighing in on this episode and bad sex habits to be leaving behind. So here are my top two. Number one, and this is a biggie, turning yourself off before your partner even enters the room. Yes, I said it because I don't think enough of us own the power of how we can both turn ourselves on and turn ourselves off. And most of us have a bad habit of delegating our pleasure to our partners versus knowing and owning our own pleasure. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times and bad habits we have that get in our own way of what we most want, often giving the best of ourselves to our kids, others, work, kind of you name it, and our partner kind of gets the breadcrumbs. And honestly, what do we really expect if we come to a potential sexual encounter, exhausted, frustrated, and focusing on what either hasn't happened or isn't done? Our biggest sex organ is our mind. And well, if you're honest with yourself, have you truly owned your own turn on? So I'm inviting you this year to practice the art of before play, which is getting your mind and body into a sexy place with anticipation of the experience you want and get to have with your partner. And that is honestly huge because so often I hear women say, It's almost like checking a box or it's an item on a checklist or it feels like a have to. And so I want to remind you that it is an opportunity that we get to have. Owning our own turn on is the biggest gift that we can give to ourselves and to our relationship this year. And my second bad habit to leave behind is assuming that low desire is kind of just the way that it is, that sense of acceptance as if it doesn't and won't get better, as if it's always been this way. And I can't say enough about how big this one is. Diminishing any of the challenges that you may be having with low sexual desire, and I know that it's complicated, and if you look at all the conditions, it always makes sense. That said, it is not a fixed state, and there are so many things I promise that you haven't yet tried. There are ways of turning both on your mind and your body, not to mention there are relationship dynamics that can be addressed. And I'm also finding that part of it is being open to the idea that a very real and equally valid pathway of desire is responsive desire versus spontaneous. You know, often we don't necessarily come from a place of wanting, and I sort of kind of refer to it as being like a cold engine, like it's just not on the radar. But if you ask yourself, because again, the first response is like an instinctual no. So then I say, ask yourself, what's one small thing I can say yes to? And so maybe it's, you know, massaging the shoulders or stroking the hair. And what I can say is when that feels good, it feels good in the body. And when the body gets aroused, that's when desire comes online. Desire really is a biggie. It's one of the top reasons individuals and couples come to sex therapy. If that is a challenge you're having in the goal of creating a new habit, I highly recommend picking up Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life. I also highly recommend my own Rekindle Desire workshop that's available at my website, greatlifegreatsex.com forward slash desire. 
I've created a 60-minute self-help sex therapy audio program and workbook for $59, a special 25% discount for the Girl Boner listeners through Valentine's Day. I want to close by saying if you've been suffering from any of the bad habits discussed in this episode, the good news is they are just habits. And new habits are not only possible, they are decision and a commitment away. It's true, establishing new habits isn't easy, but definitely possible. And I'm holding the hope and vision for the amazing new habits that you're going to create this year and the erotic possibilities that you will discover. So many cheers to those erotic possibilities. I love that phrase. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. She's so right about developing new habits, not necessarily being easy, too. One way to ease the process, according to experts, is known as stacking your habits. You basically tie the new one into an existing habit you're replacing. So make sure that you're focusing on the goodness you're bringing into your sex life with each one of these steps. Buy that lube ASAP and keep it in your nightstand. And every time you find yourself shaming yourself with negative self-talk about how often or seldom you have sex, take a few deep breaths and repeat after me. I am sexually awesome and worthy precisely as I am. There are no rules or standards I need to meet. Write that down and keep it in your pocket if it helps. Whatever your goals are for the coming year, I am cheering for you so hard. Thank you so much for listening. And have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. 